0: How will they hear? Who are they? We're going to answer three questions today. Who are they and why do we want them to hear? What do we want them to hear? And does anyone really want to hear? We're going to answer those three questions today. But before we go any further, I want to go back again to something that I said last week. And I want to begin with this because in the middle of teaching... Last Sunday, Holy Spirit spoke something to me spontaneously as I was telling the council this morning that we we meet every Sunday before service and we pray and we talk, hear what Holy Spirit's saying to all of us. And as I met with him this morning, I shared with him and I said he gave me something spontaneous, but we we really got we have to be careful with that word spontaneous because what is spontaneous to you and me isn't spontaneous it's very much part of his plan. It might be something that just came upon us, Nicole. But it didn't just come upon the Father. He was waiting for a specific moment to release that particular word. So, all I can say is that he put this in me. It wasn't in my notes. And I spoke it and spoke it freely. And I want to address what he said. He said this and then I said it. He said, Doubt does not disqualify. It is better to come to his table with doubt in your heart. ...than it is to stay away in disbelief. Let me say that again. It is better, and this is what Kaylee Hoffman was referencing this morning. It is better to come to his table with doubt in your heart than to stay away in disbelief. What does that mean? There are a lot of people who don't want to have anything to do with the things of God... ...because they have a level of doubt. Even believers are uncomfortable any time that they have doubt. I can't dive into all that we talked about last week, but when the disciples came, when Christ rose from the dead, just paraphrasing very quickly, there were, we don't know how many, but I threw out there a loose number. I said, let's say eight believed it was him, and three doubted that it was him. But even though eight believed and three doubted, even though there were doubters among them, and he acknowledged their doubt, he also said, go into all the earth, take your doubt with you, Listen to me. He said, take your doubt with you and go into all the earth and preach this gospel. You know, everybody knows the Great Commission. I'm not going to go into all that again. But he equipped them. He enabled them. He charged them. Even with your doubt, do not let doubt disqualify you. It would be an interesting thing to ask in this room this morning if I could ask every single person Do you in any way or have you ever in any way had any doubt that Yahweh might do for you what he said he would do? It would probably be true that every single person in this room at some point or another or right now. Within them has some level of doubt. Is he God? Can he really do this? Does he really want to do this? Will he do that? Well, they they say this. Should he? Will he? Does he want to? Does he care about me? There's this level of doubt that will exist in all of us. And the word that he gave me was doubt does not disqualify. He would rather you come to his table with doubt in your heart than to stay away in disbelief. And the question about that is how many people stay away today from coming to the kingdom because they don't believe their doubt has decided for them that God is not real when in truth there is something inside of them that really wants to decide for them that not only is he real but he can help them overcome their doubt if they will stay faithful now it's difficult sometimes to accept that it's okay and in the church world there's probably more doubt than outside of the church world most people outside of the church they don't have doubt they've already made up their mind <laughs> it's within the church but within the church if we can overcome our doubt and not disqualify ourselves because of it we can begin to demonstrate him in such a way that people will begin to listen to what we have to say so let's answer this morning these three questions who are they And why do we want them to hear? Remember, the question we're asking in this series is how will they hear? So who are they and why do we want them to hear? Let me answer that question and then we're going to read John 15. They are the ones sitting beside you, living next door. The ones on the other end of your phone call, sitting across the room or on the side of the road. They are the ones ridiculing you. Betraying you and laughing in your face. They're the ones who are friendless, forgotten, overlooked, and often abandoned. They are anyone assigned to your pathway through life. That is who they are. John 15, 9 reads like this. It says, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now demonstrate that love. Abide, lived, dwell in my love. Let me say it again. Yeshua said this. He said, as the Father, as my Father has loved me, in the same way I have loved you. Abide in my love. It's not a selfish love. Now, I realize, and you've heard me talk about it many times, that love gets misconstrued in the church world, and and we love everything to the point where there is no conviction. We we eliminate all conviction. Conviction is necessary. We love everybody. We don't necessarily love the condition of their life, but we love the person. So let me read in John 15 again, verse 9. As the Father, say this with me, as as the Father has loved me... so have i loved you you. he says then abide in my love who is christ talking to the one sitting beside you i'm going to say all this again the one living next door on the end of your phone call sitting across the room or on the side of the road The one ridiculing you, yes, that one too. The one betraying you, yes, that one too. The one that's laughing in your face, yes, he's talking to them too. They are the ones who are friendless, forgotten, overlooked, and abandoned. They are anyone in your pathway through life. That is who he's talking to. He says, I want you. As As the Father has loved me, I've loved you. Now abide. Find your way. Say this with me. Find your way. In his, in his love how did he love find your way in that help me holy ghost to find my way through this pathway of life to love the way that you love to love what you love we sing a song about it hate what you hate but help me to find your love to abide in that to be consumed by that and to respond to every circumstances to the betrayer to the friendless To the abandoned, to the one that doesn't do it like I would, to the one who doesn't talk like I would, to the one who doesn't go where I would. Whomever they are, they're laughing in my face right now. Find your way to love them like I love them. Love that person. Sometimes it's difficult. But he's talking to all of those that most of us overlook and consider out of reach. He said, find your love the way I love. In every single one of them. How are they going to hear? When we go to people that we know believe like we do. There's a scripture that well defines this. But when we go to people that believe exactly like we do. That think exactly like we think. That have the exact same convictions that we have. When we go to those people. They don't necessarily need to hear what you have to say. But when you find people who are friendless. And who are your betrayer. And who are your ridiculer? And who are laughing in your face? And who are sitting across the room or sitting across that table? How are they going to hear? They're going to hear because you take upon you a position. You take upon you the nature of Christ that says, you know what? As I sit at this table, you matter to me. Our ways are different. Our thoughts are different. Jim Darnell shared this morning as we were sitting in the back room, he shared a story about uh, a situation that he had this week. I can't, I won't give the details because I won't remember them perfectly, but he shared a story about uh, a conversation, a, a setting that he was in this week. And as he was in that setting this week, he was talking about, there were a group of people talking about the things of the kingdom and he was blown away as he listened and he was moved as he listened and, and. To, to what was being said and what was being done, that there was an openness. It was after they had clocked out; they're on their own time, not company time, and they're they're not clocked in. But there's a conversation that is going on where the glory of God is being expressed in a setting that wouldn't naturally take, wouldn't normally happen. It prompted me to think about a time before I knew God, where I was working in a in a construction field and, or construction industry, and I was sitting under an overpass having lunch with a group of men. And I did not serve God at the time. I didn't have any relationship with a father at the time. But as I sat there among those few guys, we were all eating whatever we were eating together that day. Me, probably Doritos and a bologna sandwich with mustard. That's pro- that was my norm. But I would sit there and I'd put my Doritos on that bologna and then I'd put the bread on top of it so it would crunch when I ate it. It was delicious with that spicy mustard, it was perfect. But we were sitting there in that little group, and as they were talking, and this one is using foul language, probably I was too at that time. And we were talking about whatever movie we saw, or wherever we were going that weekend, and so on and so forth. Suddenly, some guy in the middle of that group begins to talk about God. He begins to somehow insert The things, something about Christ or, and I don't remember, in fact, I'd never remembered that story till Tim provoked that memory in me this morning. And as we were sitting there and he began to speak, I recalled immediately having a sensation as I sat there, everyone else in that circle suddenly began to be quiet. No longer was it important where we were going, what we were going to be drinking, who we were going to see, what movie we were going to, none of that was important anymore. What was important was this guy was saying something that none of us acknowledged and thought, oh, that's awesome. Tell us more about God. I want to hear more. I don't remember anybody doing that, but we were silenced. And as he began to talk and he began to share, not from a perspective of, I'm going to cram this thing down your throat, whether y'all want to hear it or not, you're getting it. He didn't do that. He inserted his relationship with the father into the conversation. And I don't remember how he did it, but he inserted it in such a way That it captivated the moment. And the rest of us sitting there, we were listening and everything in me was drawn to what that man wanted to say. Oh, I wanted to hear so much more. I had a 30 minute lunch. And I wanted to hear so much more of what he had to say, but I didn't dare ask. No one did that I know of. But when that lunch was over and he was finished talking, I was hungry for more and, and I was provoked and I was moved and, and, it, and it invigorated me and it stirred me. And no doubt, I probably thought about it for the rest of the day. I don't remember that much. But no doubt I did because I re, as I re, re, uh, that memory came back to me this morning. I could feel the moment again. Sitting underneath that overpass on that bridge on 610, if you've ever been to Houston, you know that road that highway sitting under that overpass wiring the lines for the lights underneath that highway and I'm sitting there and this guy's talking about this how are they going to hear he probably never asked himself how are these guys going to hear they're talking about everything that's not kingdom The only way it's going to happen is if I insert this conversation. I doubt that happened at all. I just believe that Christ was in him so much. He so found himself within the love of Christ and what Christ had done for him. He inserted that naturally. It wasn't forced. He didn't have to find a crack to dig it in there. It just naturally began to flow. The hulk that was in the Bruce came out. Suddenly there was an explosion of whatever and however he said it. Can I tell you today, how are they going to hear those people under that viaduct? How are those people going to hear those people wherever they are sitting across that room or across that table? How are they going to hear the gospel when you are present among them? And naturally what wants to flow out of you begins to flow, but you don't hinder that. There is something in you to be said Wanda, there is so much in you to be said. Chad, so much in you to be said. And you could say, mm, I've only been here about a year. I, I, you know, I don't know what all I can say. Chad, there is so much in you to say. Oh, you don't know. I, I still, you know, there's little doubts here. There's little doubts there. Who cares? Who cares, Chad? You're a talker (laughs) in all the right ways. You're a talker. There is so much. Alicia, so much. Never say to yourself, "Mm, I hadn't been in this long. I don't have anything to say. That's the bologna sandwich with Doritos on it. Has no nutritional value whatsoever. (laughs) Nor spiritual value in your life. The truth is you have much to say. How will they hear? When you find yourself in that break room or you find yourself wherever you are. What you do know, speak of it. Well, they might know more than me. What if they ask me questions? What if they do? What if they do? You know, the great thing sometimes is to just be honest. And say, oh, you know what? I don't really know the answer to that. What a great question. How about I go find out and we'll carry on this discussion next time we sit down? Don't make it up. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Remember, you're not religious, religion has all the answers. The kingdom doesn't pretend to be that. So much. Kent Craigs, how will they hear? Because it's in you. Yeah. Kathy Wheatley, who does not like to speak publicly and does so well every time she does, how will they hear? Right. Because it's in you. Yeah. So Sarita, yeah. how will they hear? Will you will tell them. How will they hear, Jamie? Because it's in you, and you will tell them. How are they going to hear, Sydney? Because it's in you, and you will tell them. Why? Because the love of the Father that is in Christ abides in you. You abide in it. You, you live in that because they matter. They matter to you. Yeah. Right. What the church world can't do is say because they're, and I'm just going to throw some terms out there that are out there that are there. I'm just going to be real because they're an adulteress because they're a homosexual because they're a alcoholic because they're a fill in the blank whatever because they're a whatever I don't have time for them I don't have anything I want to say to them can I ask you a question how will they hear They don't even believe in God. I've heard them tell me over and over again at work. They tell everybody, we don't believe in God. Really? Then they've never heard. How will they hear? You heard that? And there goes Jenny. (laughs) How will they hear? Ryan, because it's in you. Chris, it's in you. Larry, it's in you. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Who's going to hear? Is that up to you and me to decide, Mahala? Do I get to say, they're going to they're hear when you put these people in my place? If you'll make sure you put this one, this one, and this one. These are the people that are going to hear from me, God. <laughs> so when you can do that, then they'll hear. And the Father says, I'm going to do exactly the opposite of that. I'm going to put these. Either you're going to be, they're going to be hearing from you or you're going to hear from them. Yep. Ask yourself, who has more to say? As the Father has loved me, so I've loved you. Abide in my love. Who is he talking to? He's talking to everybody that most overlook and consider out of reach. There's no way they'll ever do it. That's the who. Why do we want them to hear? Because the kingdom is not selfish at all. And listen to what I'm about to tell you. He is not your Savior. He is everyone's Savior. He's not your God. He's everyone's God. You can make it as personal as you want to, but you can never be so selfish that there's not enough of Him for everyone else. Boundless love is about the measure of this. You know, when we, when Kaylee was born, my daughter Kaylee was born. I remember so much Kim and I having conversations when she was pregnant with Kaylee. Well, not when she was pregnant with Kaylee, but when she was, when she was pregnant with Kaylee. Kaylee was born. The love that just—it was just overwhelming. How much we, so we loved this child. It was like, oh my Lord. And then she, then Alex is coming forth. And when Alex is going to be born, a few years later, and I'm worried. I had worry. I don't know that I can love another child like I love this one. I don't know that it's possible to to be able to do for this one what we do for this one. And and I don't know because I don't want to lose any time with this one. And we're dealing with all of these emotional moments, my wife and I, and, and we would talk about them. How do we love one like we do the other because we don't want one to feel left out? And amazingly, miraculously, Alex comes forth. And we hold her in our arms and suddenly, oh, boundless love. You just increased my capacity to love. Not only do I love Alex like I love Kaylee, but I love Kaylee more and I love Alex more than I thought I could. And I love my wife more. I'm starting to love everybody. (laughs) And then here comes Josh. Oh, it's going to be tested one more time. And Josh comes forth, and we hold him in our arms, and we're holding him in our arms. And again, love is increased. It's boundless love. He said, abide in my love. When you abide in my life, there's no, in my love, there is no end. There's no measure. You can't, you can't put boundaries on, on what, how much I'm going to love. He said, everything in me, everything I am is you. It's in you. Abide in that. Dwell in that confidence that you are capable I didn't even know Kaylee when she came out of the womb. I was getting to know her. She came out. I knew her face. I knew that she was mine because I witnessed her coming forth. So I knew this child is mine. Hi, I'm your dad. (laughs) None of that had to happen. But yet I didn't know her, and I loved her. I didn't know Alex, and yet I loved her. I didn't know Joshua, yet I loved him. Never got to know Stephen, and yet I love him. Because boundless love equips you to have something to say. And then as we begin to raise these children, without ever asking the question, how will they hear? When we sat around the table, they heard. When we went for a walk down the road, they heard. When I was teaching them to ride their little tricycles that we still have all three of. I know it sounds like we have a storage facility at our house. It's true. We have all three of our kids' tricycles. We still have their baby bed. Well, now Alex has it and Marshall. Not because.
1: <laughs>
0: no announcements. But we realized through that journey, they were beginning to hear. And you know what? Even when they weren't asking questions, they were hearing. How will they hear? They would have never heard had I never spoken. They'd have never heard had we not sat around that table and we talked about the goodness of God. They'd have never heard had we not sat around that table and my wife and I asked each other questions. What did this mean? We heard him preach this today. What in the world does that mean? Oh, my gosh. I can't believe I heard that today. Yeah, that's what you heard. How do we make sense of it? It's real. Real questions. And the kids watched us deliberate. They watched us sort it out. They watched us do some things right. And they watched us do some things wrong. They've heard us celebrate the moments that we made a good decision. And and literally been present and heard us repent to them in moments that we made the wrong decision. How will people hear? Because the love of God is in you. What do we want them to hear? There is boundless love, and it is for everyone. Joel 2, turn to Joel chapter 2. You can do that on the screen, or you can do that on the Church Center app. Joel 2 verse 13, I'm going to read it in two different versions. and The first version is in the English Standard, and it says, Tear your heart and not merely your garments. Listen, His love, hearing, it is for everyone. Tear your heart and not only your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for He is gracious and compassionate. He is slow to anger. He is abounding in mercy, and He is relenting of catastrophe. I want to tell you today, what do we want them to hear? What we want them to hear from you and me is that the Father is not looking for a way to punish. He is not looking for a way to spell gloom and doom on anyone. He's not looking for a way to prove himself right that involves pain. He's looking for a way to heal and to redeem. What do we want them to hear? That God loves them. And that he, they matter to him. In the Message Bible, it reads like this. Listen to this. This is great. Joel 2, 13 and 14 in the Message says, Change your life, not just your clothes. Come back to God, your God. And here's why. He is kind and merciful. He takes a deep breath, puts up with a lot. This most patient God, extravagant in love, is always ready to cancel catastrophe. Who knows? Maybe he'll do it now. Maybe he'll turn around and show pity. Maybe when all is said and done, there will be blessings full and robust for your God. What do we want them to hear? That in every sense of the word, they matter to the Father. Then does anyone want to hear? In Isaiah 55, verses 6 and 7, it reads like this. It says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God. For he will abundantly pardon. Does anyone want to hear? Do you know anyone who does not desire compassion or would not accept a pardon for their wrongs? Do you know anyone? No. Everyone you know, if they knew there was an answer to overcome the things that are in their life that hold them down or hold them back, Or that hinder them from being all that they believe that they were created to be. Any one of them would welcome the compassion that it took to get past that. Or the pardon. If they believed they could receive it and be free from that. People want to hear the goodness of the living God. And we have not exhausted the world of ears that want to hear. Sometimes... In our mind, I see it even when I say on Facebook and I put a post on there, I'll say something like, and then I'm going to tell a quick story that you can celebrate about. But sometimes I'll put a post on Facebook that'll say something like, listen, invite everyone you know to come with you Sunday. And every now and then someone will respond, I don't know who else to ask, but you do. In your world, there may be a sense Everyone that I know wants to hear has heard. But what about the people you don't know? Everyone wants to hear. They just need to hear it the way God wants to give it to them. It is important that you and I position ourselves to be willing to be a voice in whatever way the Father wants us to be a voice. I want to share something with you that was really cool that happened. So we're moving, Kim and I. And if you're watching this morning, I'm about to talk about you, but if you're watching this morning, I want to thank you for watching again and for the other times that you have. So Kim and I are moving, and where we're moving, they have Spectrum, is their internet and their whatevers. We've never had internet of any consequence, so this is going to (laughs) be new to us, but we called Spectrum. And when we called them, I spoke to, or I called them, and I spoke to a gentleman, and as I'm talking to the guy, he's taking all of the information, the new address, all the stuff at the rental where we're going to be renting, and, and he's taking all of that, and, and he takes it, your name, and I told him Steve Parker, address, I gave him that. Let's check and see if they have, what kind of service you have available there. He tells me what kind of service he ha- they have. And um, he said, Steve Parker, he said, um, that's interesting, he said, um, you're in Florida, he said, what part of Florida? Where is Eustace? And I said, it's central Florida. And he said, huh? He said, um, do you know a Steve Parker, any other Steve Parkers there that are preachers? And I said, uh, no. I said, but I'm a preacher. And he said, are you familiar with the Rock of Central Florida? And I said, pretty much. I said, I'm Steve Parker from the Rock of Central Florida. He said, No way! He said, I watch you, my wife and I watch you every week online. And I said, Where are you? He said, Somewhere in Oregon. And I said, It's people like you that are watching every week. We have no idea where you are. Never hear from you all. And he said, no, we watch you every week. We watch you guys. It's amazing. Thank you. Keep it up. And he's excited. So if you're watching today and I, my, come on. I want to believe you gave me a really good deal with spectrum. (laughs) Yeah, right. But I want to thank you and every one of you. I'm going to take this moment right now. Every one of you that are watching, I had no idea who's well, I don't know who's watching right now. What I do know is that you are. And wherever you're watching, all of you are important. And, and I apologize that I, at the moment I don't recall your name. That's not unusual for me. My wife says I always forget the names. But do the best I can. But I don't remember your name. Please don't hold that against me. I want to thank you for being faithful I want to thank you for watching I want to be I want to thank you for sharing and how will they hear you heard because we're talking on the other side of glass the Batistas are here today because the first time they ever heard of the Rock of Central Florida was when they lived down in Orlando and they were they heard they watched us online and we bumped into each other very similar situation at a storage facility when y'all were moving We need to move more, babe. We'll find out who's all. (laughs) But I want to thank you for watching, whoever you are. So how will they hear? You know, the questions that I think about today is on Father's Day and the boundless love. As a daddy, I could, as I said a moment ago, could never have imagined loving another child as much as I loved Kaylee. And yet I did. Very differently because the love isn't the same love. The measure, if you were measuring it, would be equal. But the form of it is very different. They give you, each child gives you a specific reason to love them. Sometimes a specific reason to be upset with them. But they <laughs> usually give you, they always give you specific reasons. They, they, they allow you to love them in distinct ways because who they are is very different. But the love of the Father is boundless in such a way that he doesn't condone our sin. He does not accept sin. He does not accept disobedience, which is sin, by the way. Sin is not defined by laws. It's defined by disobedience. But what he does accept is that we are still his creation. And the breath of God is in every single one of us. And that boundless love in Him is present in you and me. So, how will they hear? When you can love them where they are. Without saying to them, it would be really, it would be a lot easier to love you if you would just stop that. (laughs) It'd be a lot easier to love you if you would start that. The true test is. Can you love them enough to be a voice no matter where they are? Whether they're in a ditch or in the high rise. clothed well or clothed not at all. Can you love them when they smell like a rose or smell like something that doesn't smell like a rose? <laughs> that boundless love. I want three uh, people from the council that met with me this morning to come on the stage with me right now. You're going to answer the question this morning, first three people. I want you to come and I want you to share what this series means to you very briefly. I want you to share what you're learning out of how will they hear, and then I'll take it from there. One more, one more. Take uh, one of those mics, please.
1: what this series means to me. How hear it What is happening? Does it stir anything in you? Well, Steve already shared that this morning. We were in, in the uh, room. And it affected me for the first time in my life. because I've been working since I was 18. I was, uh, got saved when I was around 23, when Liz and I got married My whole working life, I never had the opportunity to not. I never had the opportunity to share the gospel the way we're talking about it now. There was always somebody asking questions, but they weren't the questions. They weren't the right questions, and they were coming from the religious people. So at my work this week, when I. We had a conversation from a bunch of unrighteous people. And one guy that feels like he's saved, <laughs> he, was, he was speaking like a religious person to people at our work. Um, I don't do that. But I teach kingdom the whole time. And what he was doing, what happened was I had never had this happen to me. And that was, we got to the end of our workday on Friday. And uh, we all were clocking out. And they, all these unrighteous people, and I had not said anything. They know who I am. They call me preacher once in a while, but not much anymore. But I don't do that. And he, he had said something to some of the students on, out, out, during a class trying to draw them into a religious conversation. And I told them, I said, that's not what we're here to do. I said, we're here to teach this. And when you, your demonstration comes out about who you are and how you walk, they're going to see that, and they're not going to ask these silly questions you're trying to provoke from them. And that's what started that whole conversation. I didn't start it. And that never happened. So I was, that happened because what we're doing now. And it, it, it's such a refreshing thing because mm. I remember going door to door in churches and going, hey, do you know Jesus? You know, I, we did that. I, we did that. And they said, That's, this is how you do it. And there was all these instructions. I, I never participated in it with any joy. Mm. This I get it. was a joy to me because I watched these other guys ask the questions and i just said well this is how i see it it's great and they're listening it's great that's what this is great means good it's good thank you tim does
2: this one work oh okay same question (laughs) yes okay so i actually shared on tuesday because kaylee had us go back and listen to the service again and um we were discussing it and something that had stood out to me last Sunday before I went back and listened to it is that morning, um, Kaylee Hoffman a long time ago wrote a song about being his mouthpiece. And so that was already echoing in me on Sunday. And when you were talking about, you know, being wherever you're at in your workplace or at a ball game, I don't remember you had a lot of them, but, um, it really, it kind of checked me because I don't, I don't talk about it because I don't do confrontation and the whole, you know, I just don't do it. So if I hear things, I just tend to walk away and avoid the situation altogether. But, you know, how are they going to hear? If I'm supposed to be his mouthpiece and I've said yes to that, how are, you know, how am I expecting that situation or any situation that I'm in to change if I'm not being his Mm -hmm. mouthpiece? So that was just, you know, something that. I didn't even know, I think I knew it was present in me, but until we started this series, it didn't you know, really resonate with me, how are they going to hear? Mm.
1: So, well,
0: thank you, thank you, great.
3: great. Well, now I'm not sure what to say, because I was gonna say go door to door. All of that is jokes. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, my, my thought on this is that you can't be generic. And here's what I mean. Who came here ready to preach today? Was it just Steve? Right? And who came ready to just kind of sit and be like, all right, I'm going to listen. That's the difference. If you don't have something to say, how will they hear? Mm -hmm. So that's it. Have something to say. Show up here like it's your job to be the one to deliver the word. And if everybody does that, you'll have a word to deliver. That's the key. Don't be generic. Generic and think about your day, you know, oh, well, if someone brings something up, I'll say the right thing in return.
0: Right, right. You,
3: you have to have the thing that you're supposed to speak right. into the earth that day. To me, that's the, the secret. And then find someone, because Yahweh wouldn't have put it in you if it wasn't to speak. Right, right. Find the person that you're supposed to speak it to. And that might be my wife for the day. It might be a friend I haven't talked to. But if I'm ready, Yahweh will know because he's putting that salve in me, that solution, because there's a problem that I'm supposed to come across mm-hmm. that day or another day soon. So that is my advice. Great. How will That's they great. hear? Have something to say That's great. and make sure it's specific.
0: That's good. Amen. Good. Good. Thank you guys. Thank you. So let me wrap this up with this. The, this whole process, this whole series, how will they hear? is really getting you to the place, getting us, all of us, to the place. Speaking comes relatively easy for me, but it didn't always. It, it, it was not always easy. Sometimes it's still not. And depending on where I find myself and what situation I find myself in. What I do know is, there's. there's I'm anointed. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And He has anointed me. And you, say that with me. The Spirit of the Lord Lord is upon me, me, and He has anointed me. Don't wait until you feel like you are perfected before you can accept that you have something to say. Let's go back to the doubt. Don't doubt what you have to say because you do not yet feel qualified. If you know anything at all about Christ and you have received Him and you have positioned yourself to be changed by His anointing and saved by His grace, no matter what you know, it's more than probably most of the people sitting at the table with you at any given moment have. Now keep this in mind. They will not hear us if our life does not reflect our words. Sometimes, most of the time, it will be true that our life is going to reflect our words. I try my very best to make sure that I'm not any different standing in front of you than when I stand in front of my children in my home. I try my best to be consistent. Obviously, there are some things, you know, I get up in the night and get a drink of water in my underwear. I'm not getting water here in my drawers. I probably shouldn't have said that, but just trying to make it draw the line. But when there are times, don't visualize that. There are times, there are times that our life does not reflect our words. Well, they need to hear that too, what you do when that happens. And you say, I am sorry. For this moment, when my words did not reflect or my life did not reflect the words that I spoke to you. Doesn't change the value of the words. It just lets you know that I'm human too. And he is working on me. How will they hear? Except that you do have something to say. Every single one of you. Amen? Stand with me if you would. Father, we thank you today. I thank you for the fathers, those that are traveling today, the families that are out today and having barbecues and wherever they're at traveling. We give thanks. I'm thankful for those that are present, those that are online today. We bless every daddy today. We're so thankful, Father, for you. You are a father of an immeasurable amount of love and grace, and we give thanks. May we all learn From you. I bless the people that are gathered here in this place and online today. Wherever we find ourselves, may we in every way find within us, within us, the courage to speak what you have put in us. Always, always, in Jesus' name, amen.